0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See bball B ball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: What will we really find out about the Cowboys over the coming weeks as we really look ahead? To Christmas Eve. Well, we're about to tell you here as we get riled up here on the Cowboys with my man Tom Ryle and your boy Roy White. Of course, follow him at Tom Ryle BTB on the Twitter sphere. You can follow me at rw 3 and we'd love to hear your thoughts on the program and on the Cowboys, especially as they come off another bludgeoning this time at the hands of the Indianapolis Colts. And you know, a little bit different this time around than the last beatdown that they doled out. Uh, certainly to a better opponent earlier this season in the Minnesota Vikings. But, you know, the question has to be asked, Tom, and I think it's one that you and I have discussed at length on this show. For those that have listened over the past year, you've heard us bring this topic up before. Tom, is this the time that we finally buy in to the hype surrounding the Dallas Cowboys?
2: Well, it's hard not to believe that there's a chance there's something good going on. But this little... Three-game swing, where we're going through the AFC South, one of the worst divisions in, in the NFL, uh, especially outside of the Titans, who don't come until after Christmas when we played the Philadelphia Eagles in there. The Colts were probably the best of these three, and they... You know they hung with the Cowboys for three quarters and then just collapsed. I just think the talent differential overrode them. They started making mistakes and it, they just got steamrolled, <laughs> the way no other team has gotten steamrolled this this season and that was a record breaking fourth quarter. Uh I think that's the most points ever scored in the fourth quarter, or at least until something like since something like 1950 or some ridiculous thing like that.
1: By a single team, and, yes. By a single yes.
2: team. Yes. It was uh, you know, it's it, this this was a a team with better talent, I think better coaching, just going out and not getting really in sync for three quarters and then just everything coming together, uh, more or less. And, and now they're going up against, uh, you know, the Houston Texans next who are pretty credibly the worst team in the NFL. And then they have the Jacksonville Jaguars who have a really good quarterback. It looks like, although it's hard to judge given what he's playing with and, uh, it's just two games where the Cowboys ought to be looking at putting up 35 or 40 points and holding them down to, to, to 14 or 17, you know, just not letting the other team score a whole lot. What does that really mean? Uh, you know, it does mean that the Cowboys are one of the better teams in the league, but it doesn't quite tell us what they're going to be like when they uh, have the Philadelphia Eagles coming to down on town on Christmas, Christmas Eve.
1: I think the most challenging thing that like we have to guard. And I had this debate on Twitter, actually may I'll propose it to you, right? Should we, as Cowboys fans, do we need to guard against getting too excited about this team based on the results we see over the next three weeks? Because my answer to that, and you know, I do want to be clear. We're obviously all thrilled about the Cowboys performance, And yes, for them to put together that type of defensive display, even if it only came in the final quarter, when really, quite honestly, people aren't, people are kind of acting like the game wasn't somewhat in the balance when there was just a two point deficit as we headed into the end of the third quarter. But of course the Cowboys took over from there. It's not often that a team commits nearly as many turnovers as they run plays in a quarter, but that's (laughs) almost what the Colts did. Uh, they ran 17 plays over a four drive stretch and they turned the ball over four times. I believe they had four positive plays on those 17 plays. So that's where like, you know, agreed. I'm very excited about the Cowboys win, but I'm also like, gosh, I I don't want to, start to sell myself that this is the unit that can trash and thrash anybody. And I certainly don't want to hear about comparisons as to how the Eagles were only able to squeak by against the Colts. And because the Cowboys somehow dumped them, that the Cowboys by proxy are better than the Eagles, right? Because we can also play that game and say the Jaguars shut out the Colts at the beginning of the season, 24 to nothing. No one thinks they're On anybody's level either and so that's where i'm looking at these next two games and i'm feeling a little bit lost tom because i don't know if the cowboys can really win right yes they can win the games but if they win big or if they win small the win is expected right in fact if they don't win big it almost fails to meet expectations right oh so it definitely does i almost don't know if i can feel any better and i guess this is where i wind up i don't know if i can feel any better about this team than i do now as we drive towards that matchup that we hope will have some significance granted we're still going to need some help if we wanted to end up deciding the division on that date
2: yeah uh Maybe maybe one positive we take is that the Cowboys seem to find a way to win despite slow starts or not because they had another slow start in this game. Uh, I frankly don't think they're going to see that just because they've got normal practice weeks coming up for those games.
1: Mm, and great point. Pretty- for those that missed it last week, Tom made the point and really had the evidence to show that the Cowboys struggled on yeah. games in which they had – Oddly prepared weeks right when they weren't just yeah. playing sunday to sunday that was a great yeah. great piece
2: and i'm hoping that the article or that the uh, the game against the eagles doesn't fall into that because it's just a one-day shift it's saturday instead of sunday so i'm hoping that doesn't rear its ugly head again uh or if it does it's very minimal but what, what I tried to do is look at the these games and what things that the Cowboys might be able to kind of keep keep going or try to work on to fix, you know, however you want to look at it. Uh, things they might do that are more useful to them than just worrying about the how much the victory is. It's just, you know, if you're winning the game, there are things you can do that I think can benefit. Um, you know, Kellen Moore didn't get very carried away with his play calling in this game because he didn't have to. There was no reason to attack the the, the Colts downfield because the Cowboys were moving so well, particularly on the ground. They averaged 6.5 yards a carry in that game. Uh, and it was uh, actually, it got stronger as it went on. And they ran the ball more, 34 times to 30 throws uh, or 30 pass attempts by Dak. Uh, and they only netted for each pass attempt 5.3 yards. So that's inverse. It should. It's normally just not that way. You get more per pass attempt than you do per running attempt. Uh, and, and that just didn't happen. So, uh, you know, there were a lot of reasons – for that, besides just how well it was working, you know, I love the fact that they did more seem to have found a good way to split the the load between uh, Elliot Pollard, uh, where Elliott, like in this game, he got considerably more carries was getting less, but he was doing that banging and had some short shorter runs that were good. Pollard was getting the breakaway uh, runs like on his 30 yard touchdown. Uh, and two of the Cowboys' drives started inside the Indianapolis 30. Well, you don't, you can't throw deep on those, you don't have enough room to really go deep, and so that really kind of distorted the things. But I I hope that they can keep that kind of a, a thing going when they're up against the lesser teams because I don't think it's going to necessarily be a a blueprint for success against the Eagles. You're going up against a team that is, you know, you you look at the two rosters, they are very close, I think, in talent level. It almost comes down to who's having the best day at what position thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, they're going to have to be able to, to play them much closer. They can't afford to let the Eagles jump out any, I think, in this game because the Eagles are not going to be that easy to come back on. I, I don't think you're going to see them literally throwing the game away uh, as happened against against the Colts. Um, I would like to see something. You know, Dak hasn't had a 300-yard passing game this year. He hasn't had to. They've had so much success with him throwing, you know, less. He only had like 170 yards, I think. Uh, I think they needed 165.
1: He's only averaging passing. 223 a game this season. Yeah. So he's not having to throw the ball around the yard. And yet they're playing that complimentary football because of how strong yes. the defense is that they don't necessarily need him to. Now, I mean, one of the things about Dak's statistics in particular that I think Cowboys fans would like to see improved over the next couple of weeks. And I will use as somewhat of a barometer as what we might see going forward, right? Some things we're going to see over the next couple of weeks, like I don't put a whole lot of stock into it, right? Four turnovers off of four straight play, you know, four straight drives, for example. I don't put a whole lot of stock into depending on that going forward. But when I look at Dak Prescott and what he's done this season, he has the third highest interception percentage in the NFL. Right. Not saying he has the most interceptions, but with seven interceptions in seven games, he's averaging a pick per and in terms of the volume. Right. Even though he's not throwing it as much, his percentage is higher than any other quarterback in the league other than Davis Mills, who is no longer starting in Houston. That's Brandon Allen's or Kyle Allen's job now. And. Justin Fields, who. Yeah. Uh, can at least move the ball on the ground on the same token, right? As I'm berating Dak, you all know, I love Dak. So I'm going to compliment him with a statistic that works in his favor. He's also third in the league in touchdown percentage in terms of his throws converting into touchdowns. He's got 13 of them. So, you know, which of those Tom perhaps is here to stay are both of them here to stay. Do we need to see something more from Dak yeah. Prescott in regards to holding on to the football?
2: They may be a little bit related uh, in the fact that his interceptions have generally been kind of higher risk throws, which maybe you need to work on those. You need to be able to to make some of those if you're going to win. It's why I would love to see them have him push the ball deep a few times in the next two games just to work on that aspect because you might need that. Mm. uh, in a game against the Philadelphia Eagles to know that you can go deep and get some yards and, you know, throw it downfield and, and maybe get lucky with a pass interference call like they did on one play against the Colts. Uh, so yeah, I would love to see them still be aggressive in that area when they have an opportunity, just, just, you know, come out, you know, let's say they, they get a couple early scores and have a lead, then come out and and really push it on the next series when you aren't risking as much just to work on that, you know, try to find Gallup deep down the field. Uh, well, I'm
1: definitely for that, but let me ask you this. What if they don't come out with a couple of quick, quick scores? Vegas has the Cowboys as over 16-point favorites in this game, and that total – has risen since like, do we have enough confidence in that score and in the Cowboys skill gap against the Texans to uh, borrow a phrase from my buddy, you know, voice of the star there, Patrick Walker, who's with the uh, flagship these days, play with your food, right? Like the Cowboys going there and throwing the ball deep against the Texans. Wouldn't that almost be them kind of toying with an opponent that they might be able to put away if they just ran the ball down their throat, Even though by running down the ball, you know, by running the ball down their throat, it's not going to provide us with a whole lot that's going to make us feel confident about Dak Prescott going forward.
2: Well, that's that's why they first need to establish the lead.
1: Okay. So we're not advocating for dilly dallying around until we've almost kind of secured things. And then we can experiment right before the fourth quarter comes and we're just running out the clock.
2: Yeah, and this is a game that, on paper, there's always that caveat. On paper, it looks like they should be able to come out, play kind of close to the vest, and still move down the field fairly easily. Uh, they need to come out without a slow start again. Like I said, I'm so hoping that doesn't happen because of the situation. And just you know play this like they did against the Vikings and the Bears beforehand where they just came out and were very efficient on offense from the very start of the game. You know, they scored four touchdowns in a row on four drives against the Bears to start the game. I think they scored the first seven times they had the ball against the Vikings. Uh, you know, just something – if they can show they can do that, then, yeah, they can just back, you know, take a look around and say, okay, what do we want to do? How to? How do we almost use this like a preseason game to get ready for the important one that's coming up in a, a couple of weeks? And I hate to say that. I hate to disrespect the Texans like that. The Texans are a, a mess right now. Uh, they are, they are basically playing for that first pick in the draft and they are very close to locking that up. Um, you know, By the
1: way, to that effect, I, I made a mistake. Uh, I know they went to Kyle Allen, this past week, but they announced earlier this week that they will be going back to Davis Mills. So the yeah. Cowboys are going to get one of only two guys who has a higher interception percentage than Dak Prescott, and that's Davis Mills back under center for the Texans.
2: Which could mean that the defense is going to help them in getting you know an early lead in this game. So we're going to have to see. It's To look a little bit forward, it's going to be a little bit more interesting what they do against Trevor Lawrence. Uh, because he is at least, you know, he's he's like in the mid range for quarterbacks right now, playing with a really bad roster around him. Uh, he will be, I think, a way that they could almost using like a scout quarterback for Jalen Hurts because uh, Lawrence is also a, a bit mobile, and uh, you know he can make all the throws when he's got time. So uh, it's it's that is a game where they might actually get some more uh, of use to them and one where they're gonna have to be a little more conscious of the whole trap thing you know because they don't want to let Lawrence suddenly get the feeling like he's 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 really on fire and we all know there's a history of players coming up and just playing at the very absolute top of their ability because they're lined up against America's team and they know that a lot of eyes are on them more than they usually have uh so you know I, I you know I just don't know how all that works I just don't. No player time after time after time players have come up with one of their best games Uh, You know, like maybe in the case of Matt Flynn back in that that notorious game, maybe the best game of their career is against the Cowboys. Uh, So it's it's. It's interesting to see how that's going to work out. And that's kind of good for the defense because defense definitely was the, if you're going to say which phase of the game was the real standout, it was the defense. Five takeaways and three sacks is just an outstanding day at the office. Anytime your defense is out there. But we're also get a, gonna get a couple of games to see some important things like how are Daron Bland and Kelvin Joseph going to hold up as starting cornerbacks now? Uh, Bland, you know, he had two picks, okay. I think we was just fine, saying, yeah. He's looking just fine, and once Kelvin Joseph had to come in after Anthony Brown uh it took him a few snaps to kind of get get his rhythm going but he seemed to be just fine going down the stretch uh they're going to need that uh because you know Jalen Hurts is having an outstanding year there don't no two ways about it so and this, the eagles are doing very well
1: my apologies to jump on you though but this like particular item is one that i Like in places where, hey, can we get a resolution? Can we not? What will we know by the time they face the Eagles? This one to me is like, I don't think we really can know this. I don't think we really can know how well Kelvin Joseph and, uh, and Deron Bland are going to hold up, right? Until they actually face a quality of opponent that tests them, right? Because for if they look bad against the Texans or Jacks for any reason, that's, like nearly red alarm, you know, five alarm fire stuff. Right. But if they look good, I fully expect that to be the case because they don't have great rosters. Right. I won't feel like I know what they are though, until they play that game on Christmas Eve.
2: Yeah. And, and frankly, the the Eagles and maybe the Titans are the only real challenges they have. And now you're talking about what, what's going to get them ready for the playoffs uh you know and another thing that they've been doing very well the past few games is that the run defense has stepped up they they've been holding teams to very fairly low run totals and not letting them hurt them on the ground and that's i think going to be kind of crucial to see if they can maintain that and then once again when they face the Eagles' run game is when we're really going to find out if they've got a solution or whether they've just got a solution against the lesser teams. And and that, that to me, is one where they need to keep it up just so that they can hopefully go in and show that it is a consistent thing. Uh, uh, you know, we, we have also seen that they don't have to have Micah Parsons out there racking up the stats because he seemed very quiet in this game doesn't mean he wasn't contributing he had one excellent stop on a rundown but the other people came up they got three sacks without him really getting that close to the quarterback i think he had like one hit the whole game so uh it's good to know that there are other paths they've got to get to the passer because they're going to certainly have to find that when they face uh, Jalen Hurts, so you know that's it's good news, but it's also that is this really a, a test, or are these just kind of like little pop quizzes? <laughs> you know, I, I just don't know how to how to look at it, and I, I don't think either of the teams are going to particularly. when talking about the uh, the Texans and the Jaguars. I don't think either of them are really going to stress the Cowboys very much, and when you're stressed, is when you can grow as a team. When you're just rolling through stuff, you can get a little overconfident, think you've got this all under control. Uh, uh, from what I've seen of the Cowboys, that's not going to be a problem. They're not going to let that happen to them. Uh, but you know, when you're when you come in and you're you've got the two biggest. Uh, offensive outputs of this lead of the season for the entire league, you've got the top two when you've got the biggest uh, scoring differential in the league. I mean you it's natural to puff your chest out, say, man, yeah, look at us, We're good because you are showing that you're better than the quality of the opponents that you're facing. It's just that whole that whole quality question comes in. And again, we just keep circling back around. We've got, you know, two and a half weeks till the real test comes down. And that's, that's, you know, I hate to keep pounding on it, but it's just a fact that we have to face at this point. These two games might show us that the Cowboys are still able to do quite a bit. But they might not tell us how good they really are. I, I don't think they will, and that's the whole quandary of this whole this little AFC South swing that they they had that the schedule makers gave them it was a, it was such a weird year for the Cowboys, and they played the four NFC North teams consecutively. And then they have this little three-game swing. It's it's has got to be one of the odder scheduling quirks in the league this year. Uh, yeah,
1: it's so. really unusual. And, you know, that, that speaks to, the, like, that specific time in the schedule almost kind of says, like, why the Cowboys are so difficult, in my mind somewhat, to evaluate this season. Like, yes, they've looked dominant. Yes, they have the highest point scoring differential. But – then I also look at the other nine-win teams in the NFL, right? Uh, that would be the Bills and the Chiefs. Are the Cowboys that good, right? I, I'm i not sure. Um, when I also look at the NFC, I look at the teams above them, right? You can make the case that the Cowboys have played the teams with the most winning records, the teams with the most playoff positions, and they've performed the best against them. That's true. But also when I look in the NFC, I can tell you as a fact, they only have one win against any team that's above them in the standings in the NFC. And they've played three of them. So, or excuse me, they played yeah, they played three of them, okay. right? Bucks, Eagles, and Vikings. Bucks are above them too, even though they're not above them in the record, but they are above them in the standings.
2: And so Whoa. Oh, that damn, yeah, but the Bucks. You can't really count the bucks. There, there are 500 teams uh, who are about to are basically winning because they're in a crappy division. Um, you may be thinking more of the 49ers.
1: Fair. No, no, no. I, I mean, I agree. I'm just saying, like, they lost to them. The Cowboys lost to the Bucs, right? Yeah. Or the not. first game of the season. I mean, I'm not putting Dak... in, I'm always saying,
2: yeah, I see, as a, I what as you're a counter
1: saying. to the comment that, hey, they've won against playoff teams were like yeah well the giants and the commanders are both in the playoffs and they got 3 wins against the two of them so yeah yeah that does look good and that's why it's it's so hard because I'm guarding against it Tom like you and I talked about at the beginning of the season I said at some point that you and I would get sucked into it and now I'm fighting the draw that exists from the fact that like They've outscored their last three opponents by nearly a hundred points combined.
2: <laughs> yeah. And they can't and, really be ignored. Yeah. It 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 to me it's easy to not get drawn in because of what they're coming up against. You know, they they went up against the Colts who are not good this year. They're they're going up against the Texans, who are dismal this year. They're going against the Jaguars who are not good this year. Uh, so that's me, at least that's not going to suck me in. Uh, you know, I'm going to look at it. I'm going to take any good thing they do with a grain of salt and I'm going to really want to look at anything that goes bad. So let's talk about one other thing. I know this is something you think is important and that's something that they definitely improved that, might not be dependent on the quality of the opponent as much. That's penalties. I mean, the happiest stat for me from that whole game was three penalties. Three penalties. That is a – it's not a great day. One or two penalties is a great day. Three penalties is a good day for the team. They they didn't have any of the weird – two players in motion at the same time they didn't have any false starts those are two things that say to me they're working on pre-snap discipline and that's very good and the offensive line did not get a holding call i think there was one on one of the tight ends was the only holding call that is great and that stat says maybe the coaching staff has finally gotten through to them and maybe the players are finally putting the right focus and maintaining their concentration and staying aware of their assignment technique and everything Um, that's good stuff and this was against one of the more flag happy crews in the league they only threw nine penalties in the whole game so I don't know what that was about Cause it was, it was very uncharacteristic. I'm just hoping that is finally that light that, that, that we're finally seeing the sun come up on penalty nightmare that they've been this year. And this is just the first of what's going to be a whole series of, of good results for them.
1: No doubt. Well, and the good news continues. We looked at the Cowboys injury news and we have a oh, new participant. Yeah. At practice this week, one we haven't seen in quite a while. Tom was trying to put him out to pastor a couple of weeks ago, folks. But <laughs> Tyron Smith is back practicing and he expects to be ready come this weekend. Again, though, this is where I think the Cowboys can take advantage of this three game stretch, right? Is to ease some of these guys back in, find out whether, you know, what the perfect place for Tyron Smith is. Tyler Smith has held up fairly well at that position. How do you utilize? Um, uh, how do how do you utilize the former Eagle that they signed as well? I'm sorry, I, God, why am I why am I losing his name? Jason Peters. There you go, Jason Peters. Yeah. How do you utilize him as well on the interior of the offensive line uh, when Tyron Smith comes back? Maybe he's utilized more as a swing tackle, and we're really opening up holes in this run game. But that's something to be excited about. They brought in cornerback Mackenzie Alexander. Uh, this here in this past week, and Tom has a note on him.
2: Yeah, not on him. I wanted to to mention the fact that on Tyron Smith, he's practicing, but he's not on the injury report yet. He's in that 21 day window when he's allowed to practice, but he's not looked at. He's not really a resource for this game. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: I read that wrong. I guess, uh, yeah, my apologies. Activating him back, but not necessarily back ready for this game. You're right. Correct.
2: Yeah, and and that's just – that's an important thing. I don't want us to leave the, the listeners with some bad information. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think uh, it is going to be interesting, and I am interested in, in the – what's his name? McKenzie? Alexander. Alexander, yeah. That's – it's like – Almost got his names backwards there. It's <laughs> like he ought to be Alexander McKenzie, <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <Yeah. laughs> maybe a good
2: Scottish one. <laughs> but uh, but uh, the, uh, it, it, you know, it's interesting to see if they've got something there because, yeah, they have a crying need for some depth at cornerback with everything that's going on. So um, you know we've, you know, there's 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 still a lot, uh, you know, the talent acquisition part. Uh, uh goes on uh 365 days a year although it looks like obj is not part of it that's ah, we, we almost made it water. the
1: whole podcast without Megford sure and OBJ but we had to I mean we gotta bring it up right um looks like it's probably not gonna happen at the moment Tom what side are you trading I'm on the I'm on the no side now I was kind of on the side that I thought the yeah. Cowboys would. Now it sounds like based on the medicals and based on the fact that uh, Micah Parsons said today that OBJ told him he was about five weeks away. That puts us right into the first week of the playoffs, Tom. And I don't know if that's just enough time for the Cowboys to feel comfortable about making a commitment to him this year. When like, if no one makes a commitment to him this year, you can just get him in the offseason, I suppose. Right. That's still yeah. a possibility. If yeah. no one signs him because no one's comfortable with his medical.
2: If they really want him next year, I could see them maybe signing him just to go ahead and get him locked up, possibly for a little bit less if they don't get into a little bidding war situation. Mm-hmm. But I I I it's leaning heavily towards they're gonna wait and see what happens in the offseason. And and then they're gonna be their typical pars parsimonious selves and not dole out a lot of money. So yeah, I I, I kind of am glad we're putting that in our in our rearview mirror because I'm tired of talking about it.
1: Amen. <laughs> hey well, I think uh, as Demarcus Lawrence said, like, if he's here to win football games, that's great. But if he's here to bring the circus to town, then we'll skip it. Uh, we don't necessarily know what it's going to be. But if he ain't about winning football games, then, hey, like circus or no, doesn't really matter. I don't really have a whole lot of use for him here in 2022.
2: Yeah, and that's that's kind of, I think, what we said.
1: Well, the Cowboys take on the Texans. It's a noon kick, so get yourself ready with the pregame show that we'll have for you there on the Blogging the Boys YouTube channel. Of course, check out all the great content at bloggingtheboys.com and on the Twitter sphere. follow us at Blogging the Boys. And again, follow Tom at BTB. You can hit me up at rdub3. And for Tom, I'm Roy. Y'all stay riled right up on the Cowboys, and we'll talk to
0: you next week we